Hi listeners, welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. Hi everyone. Hi Alana. Hey Sam. I didn't even tell you this. Sam and I were just talking for like the last hour or 30 minutes, whatever. And I purposely saved this for the podcast, but we have been doing this podcast for over a year now. Are you serious? Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. And I feel like a lot of times when I listen to some of my favorite podcasts, I'm like, wow, the inception or like the beginning of this podcast had to have been like a whole decision. For us, I just feel like you said to me, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. It just happened. It did. And it was a really organic, I think, decision to do it because I think we talk about a lot of this stuff all the time. Obviously, I'm talking to you about the ADHD coaching stuff all the time. And it's just like so fun to be able to share like this information. But I just had to take a moment because I'm really proud of us. I think obviously consistency and stuff like that can be really hard. And I feel like we've, I feel like we've done really well. That's all. I'm just, thank you for doing this with me. I'm proud of you. Like, I'm. thank you guys for listening. This is just exciting. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I got a Snapchat memory of a year ago that we were, that I had posted the first podcast and it's just kind of crazy. Like every week here we are and doing the same thing. I don't know. That's just so cool. We haven't done a question, a Q and A in a while. Wait, first, before we get into it, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about two things that bind us very close together. For me, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, and for you, it is Taylor Swift. And I am not not a Swifty, okay? I think she is a phenomenal performer, and what she's done for music has changed the face of existence forever. I don't, I didn't buy tickets to her concert. I'm not so much in the pop culture of it all, but she was at Arrowhead yesterday, or we're filming this on Monday, so yesterday, that's Chiefs Stadium. Um, to see Travis Kelsey. And then they went out to a bar afterwards that I go to a lot. And Mm -hmm. she bought everyone's meal in the restaurant so that they would leave. And the restaurant that they went to is like this very fancy seafood place. Like her buying everyone's meal in the restaurant must have been bananas. So I just like, I can't believe it. Oh, Travis Kelsey. I know. Well, I sent you a thing on Instagram about like seeing them together walking out and you I response was like don't send this shit to me (laughs) I was so upset Sam's a Swifty hater she says she's not you're not and then you you do you are look I don't not like but that's the thing I don't hate Taylor Swift okay I don't love the obsessive culture about it. And I feel like ever since she went on tour, it is all I hear about. It is literally all I hear about is Taylor Swift. And I'm sick of it. I But see, that's the thing. If you recognize the value in that, you wouldn't feel that way. No, I recognize that her tour has brought millions to the economy. I recognize- It's killing the economy right now. Okay, her and Beyonce, but yes, her. And the Barbie movie. And the Barbie movie. See, I, and I support all of that. And I love all of that. And her music was influential for me when I was younger. But it's just like, I'm, I'm bored. I would feel the exact same way about any singular famous person. Like, I got a little bit annoyed with the whole Alex Earl thing. And now she's settled a bit. And the gossip that comes out about her is interesting. With Taylor Swift, it is literally everywhere 
all the time. And now it's in my home football team too. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, But I do feel like I should think it's cool. I know that I should. I just think, I don't even know if I think it, it's just, I guess it's interesting to see like someone like that live their life and just go on dates with people. And I think especially with someone like Taylor Swift, a lot of her fans, like we just want her happy. Yeah, but like then some of the fans are like not, I don't know. I can't, I cannot believe you called me that. A Swift hater? You are a Swifty hater. I don't hate on her. <laughs> like insulted by this. So I send you the video on Instagram of them walking out together. And then you text me, the chief stuff is wild. And I said, we're all invested in Taylor's love life. She goes, I think it's annoying, but oh well. <laughs> you, that's a hater. That is a hater. Wrap it up. I do want Taylor Swift to be happy. If it is with the tight end of the Chiefs, then so be it. But, you know, was I kind of hoping that I could be happy with the tight end of the Chiefs? Yes. Maybe since to date Travis Kelsey. I yeah, see that's now. literally what it is. Like, it could be anyone. Okay, so we have not done a Q&A in a while. So I asked you guys on Instagram what ADHD questions do you want Sam and I to chat about on the podcast? And I got some good ones. So this first one that I think is a really good way to start is what do you think is the best way to support a partner with ADHD? I love this. Yeah. It's like that TikTok sound. I love this question. I think that's (laughs) such a good question. Cause like how many times have you and I had this conversation? Like I wish he would just blank, you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting too, because obviously we're all so different. Everyone yeah. like with ADHD, without ADHD makes no difference. And so I think this is good to talk about because the things like me and you would want, would even differ. You know what I mean? There is a universal thing though. And I think it's patience and understanding because like for me, and I, I know I struggle a little bit more with self-confidence. I think I would put myself on the scale of like, I have a contentious, stressful relationship with self-confidence. I'm working on it, but you know, that's something that affects me a lot. And when I feel like someone either doesn't want to be there or doesn't want to understand, it makes me shut down. And that's, you know, not helpful for anyone. Like you need someone who's trying. And Mm -hmm. I also think something else is regardless of confidence levels or anything, like someone who helps like lift us up, you know, and helps us feel more confident in every way, no matter, because obviously the emotions change a lot. And there's things that we probably feel like we're not good at or things that we feel like we're not doing good enough on. And Uh I just think it's important for people with ADHD to have a partner that recognizes that like, we're probably already being self-critical in our heads. So we need someone who's gonna, you know, help us. Yeah. And flexibility too, you know, like, we were just talking about how incredible it is that we've been doing this for a year. Like that seems like a huge commitment long-term that I didn't know I would be able to have in one of, you know, in a non-career, non-school way. And so I think like the ability to be flexible to like change tack on things relatively quickly without judgment would be really like non-judgmental too. I don't know, like all of these, it's so funny though, because people ask these questions and I'm like, Honestly, just be a good person. Like all of these qualities I want regardless. Like I would love flexibility, curiosity, understanding, you know, kindness. Yeah. It's just kind of like 
baseline. The ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, empathetic and... Empathy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I like it. I mean, I think in a tangible, in a day-to-day way, you know, someone who's involved enough to be able to reorient you to what your focus should be. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who wants to have conversations about it, stuff like that. I think the biggest thing with this question is like, if you're asking, like, what is the best way to support someone with ADHD? Like literally asking that question to the person, because it's so different yeah. for everyone. But if so, at least for me, if someone has that interest in like, they're trying to understand and they're trying to be supportive, like that's the, that's a huge good sign, you know? Totally. A huge good sign. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. I don't know why that sounded so weird, but it did. I was going to say like huge green flag, but then I was like, I don't know if that's really what I mean. But anyways, is insatiable curiosity related to ADHD? I love, <laughs> I love this question. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Like specifically is a symptom in the diagnostic criteria for ADHD called insatiable curiosity no but but it should be but do we have you know an interest driven nervous system where we're so much more focused on things that we're interested in do we have challenges with impulsivity that makes us need to find out answers right away yes like do we have such busy brains where we have a million questions going on that we want to know more within seconds like yes you know so all of it yeah kind of so funny for me that manifests in when I'm having a conversation with someone it is impossible for me to not interrupt to the point where I was getting in trouble for it at my last job where my boss would be like Sam settle you'll have time to answer your we'll have time to get to your questions and I'm like but you don't understand I'm gonna forget my question before we get to me so I need to get it out right now you know nothing else can happen until I get this question yeah I don't care if you're in the middle of a presentation my question will not exist in two minutes. So I need you to listen. I know. I mean, we focus on that on the podcast all the time. We know we interrupt each other, guys. We're working on it. (laughs) We are getting so much better, though. But, like, re-insatiable curiosity. My mind jumps to hobbies and stuff. I I have a whole bag of craft stuff that I'll never get back to, probably. I'd like to, but I probably won't, Mm -hmm. you know? The only hobbies I've been able to stick to are like infrequent hobbies, like reading because I can put a book down and come back to it when I feel like it or doing crossword puzzles because I can put it down and come back to when I feel like it. But like, that's pretty much it. My mind goes to the curiosity of like when you're watching a show and you're like, have I seen that actor before? Like, I need to know everything in their life. What else were they in? And then we kind of go down this rabbit hole of something that we have to find out right away. It's the same, it's the same thing of when I see a TikTok clip of a movie and I need to find out like what movie this is and what happens and what's the plot and all that stuff. Well, my damage with that is that I end up watching the entire movie on TikTok. See, I will do that too after I Google how does this movie end. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why people with ADHD, like this won't be novel at all, but like everyone struggles with those short dopamine hits from TikTok. But like, I can, I can find myself in a TikTok hole that lasts hours. Like, totally. Oh, and it's, that's so easy for me. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's why these rabbit holes just really take us down because we have that curiosity that just is not going anywhere and we have to find that now. But you know, I really wasn't, go ahead. It's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. 
I know. As long as it's, as long as I guess we're in control and aware of it, which I think sometimes is the issue is that we're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that ADHD is overdiagnosed or underdiagnosed? This is a loaded question. I think the answer is yes. Just yes. Yes. It is overdiagnosed in certain populations and underdiagnosed in certain populations and environments, honestly. Like I think a lot of the time it's not even about the person. It's about the environment in which they come to the real, like whether it's in school versus in adult life. I think specifically of, you know, a lot of research on autism was based on boys and that's very similar to ADHD. A lot of the research that exists, it's all based on what ADHD looks like in boys and young boys. In general, for a lot of women and girls, it's definitely more underdiagnosed and misdiagnosed. So the other part of that is the coexisting conditions with ADHD. A lot of times ADHD exists with anxiety, OCD, depression, other things. And so it's really common for women to have like that diagnosed first, as opposed to the ADHD being diagnosed. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like, we've talked about this before on the podcast, probably not recently, but like when you're in the context of school, it's very easy to see where your, you know, the things that you struggle with might be learning related, you know, ADHD, ADD type of stuff. But when you're outside of those like strict boundaries and you're just living your life, I think a lot of the things that people with ADHD struggle with are misdiagnosed. And, you know, like you're right, it's anxiety that comes out for me, but like why, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm not in a learning environment or I don't have specific responsibilities like doing papers, turning and tests, like these very strict markers of my progression, you know, I don't think I realized it was an issue for a really long time. Totally. And then after years of, for a lot of people, after years of undiagnosed ADHD, that results in a lot of other things, whether it's anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Now, do I think that there's a lot of focus on just the medication part of treatment? Absolutely. I think there's a lot more now, like we're learning about more coping strategies and other types of supports for people with ADHD that go beyond medication. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like interesting to note as well. This actually goes into what we were just talking about, how to deal with a lack of confidence coming from poor executive functioning. Let me know if you have a good answer. That's not a helpful (laughs) answer, but I think I more meant like the lack of confidence thing in my ability to be a successful human being is what stops me from doing so many things. You know, like I feel pathetic in the meanest, most like, blunt way possible that I feel inadequate with my ability to function on a norm on what I think should be a normal human level especially when we have the types of brains that we have we are more prone to like negative thinking spirals and things like that so our brain pays so much attention to the things that we mess up or the things that we maybe like aren't good enough at as opposed to the things that we are good at like our brain obviously is going to fixate on the negatives to kind of try and protect us Well, yeah. And it's also for me, it's like I fixate on the negatives because I should be able to do the things I do well. Like, you know, for me, it just feels like doing the thing that I should do well anyway. And when I can't do something, then it's really difficult for me to let that go. Totally. It's so difficult. I think my answer, my quick answer to this type of question is it takes time and it takes a lot of practice to kind of break down these thought spirals that we have and be aware that there are other things that we're good at that we don't realize. But I think I would just pinpoint like, you know how we talk about sometimes it's so easy to be like, 
oh my gosh, I'm so awful at all this executive functioning, something like that. We have to remember there's probably a specific thing that we're not as good at. And so sometimes just being, being able to identify that. So like for me, if I'm like, okay, it is hard for you to sometimes keep your space organized. That doesn't mean that you're a terrible human. It also means, you know, I can still connect really well with other people and I'm highly empathetic and all that stuff. So I think just, you know, being our own kind of coach and identifying those strengths as well and recognizing that our brains are going to put way more emphasis on the negatives. And it's like a mean trick that our brain plays on us. Yeah. It's a really fun trick. I have a question to add into the mix. If we have a minute, do you ever feel like you overshare because I feel like all of the time our, I know, I know you guys can't see, but she just rolled her eyes at me because of course we do. But it's like, I feel like a lot of the advice that we give is to be open and honest with the people in your circle. But like, that can be really hard when you feel like no one wants to hear it, or maybe you've been too open or too honest. I think it's so helpful in knowing that we kind of have different you know, friends for different purposes. And sometimes we're going to have different people who we can lean more on and other people who are there more for the fun things and other people who are there for the panic attacks. Like, you you know, you're the one I call when I'm having a panic attack, obviously. And so you can also have those friendships and relationships that are less of that emotional support, but it can still be beneficial. Yeah. I was listening to this podcast the other week that was like talking about how a big, and this is, I think, probably a controversial opinion. It's just an opinion that the host had. But like a lot of the time people go into relationships needing their partner to be everything. And it's like that Mm -hmm. can be really difficult. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone because the friend that you go for to like travel with isn't always the same friend that you would call with when you're having problems with your mom isn't the same friend that you would call when you need advice on clothes. You know, like that distinction is very clear to us, but I feel like a lot of the time in when we talk about romantic relationships, it's very much like find you a guy that can do it all. And the fact is, is like people just can't do it all. They never were able to in the first place. So I think recognizing that you're so right, like different people in our lives will have different purposes. And that doesn't mean that you love me any less. That just means you probably won't call me to go to a Taylor Swift concert, you know, because you know, like that just <laughs> wouldn't be my priority. But like, I'll always answer if you call me at one in the morning when you're supposed to be asleep and you call me and I'm like, Alana's supposed to be asleep right now. If she's calling me, that means there's a problem, you know? Okay. Like if I did call you up and I wanted to have this like in-depth talk about Taylor Swift and you're not able to, you know, receive that or participate in that the way that I want, obviously then I'm left feeling like, you know, not unfulfilled a little bit, but that's on me. Like that's to know that, you know, maybe that's not what I'm going to get from this friendship and that's okay. But I hope the Taylor Swift example makes sense for that. I'm just saying we have different, you know, people we can lean on for different things. And there's some people that we should be doing all the oversharing and all that stuff with. And then there's others that maybe we do a little bit less. Yeah. Like with you, I always, the only time I ever get angry or like uncomfortable with our friendship is when I feel like I'm undersharing. Like, I feel like I'm not telling you everything, like all parts of the story or everything that I should be telling you so that you can have like an adequate view of things. And I feel, I feel like every episode I'm always like, I feel so lucky that I have you, but like, I do feel so lucky. I feel the same way. I know. And for more context, yeah, Sam was just there for a a late night panic attack this week. And I was just like the rest of the week, I was just like, thank God I have Sam. Yeah. That really, that really affected you. (laughs) I was thinking like 
today about how like no place in the world is like New York City and I feel like living by yourself or in a I feel like living in a new city where you don't have as many roots in the beginning as what you would have you know like you moved from an area where you grew up and you had a lot of connection a lot of roots there like you were very grounded and now you're in a in an unfamiliar place with only a couple of people to help ground you and like that can really kick you around you know that's so hard so I had been expecting that call for a couple of weeks and I was expecting it over a lot less than what happened so yeah, I at some point will sit down and tell when I have a, a handle on things, maybe in a few weeks, I'll update you guys on because I know we started to talk about what this transition would look like for me. But I'll, I'll be the first to say like, it's been <laughs> rough. And I was talking to my friend about it. Um, and I was kind of like, why am I so frustrated by this? And because it's I was having all these issues with like, ADHD related things and being uprooted and all these things. And I shouldn't because I'm an ADHD coach and I teach people about this stuff and I'm hyper aware. Just because I'm hyper aware doesn't mean that I can un ADHD myself, you know? And so I have been going through a whole experience of like realizing that like you can know all the right things to do, but sometimes you do need more help implementing it and making those changes. And I, I'm just excited at some point to like dive into all that because it is challenging. And yeah, we'll yeah. definitely do a part two of building a life in a new city because up until now, I feel like everyone's only heard me vaguely refer to like living in Austin has been tough. So yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have been listening for a year, message me like tell me i'm so excited because i just this is so cool i can't believe we've been doing this for a year so thank you for being here and letting us do this yeah thank you guys thank you guys so much for listening and i hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your week yes we'll talk to you guys next week bye guys as always thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode you can find me on Instagram at Coaching by Alana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. As always, thank you so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week.